Welcome to another edition of the Gwintelligence Podcast. After uh, I'm Padres Jagoff, or I was Padres Jagoff, and uh, we have been trying to get a hold of Marver for about four days for the podcast, and and to no avail. He's missing. He doesn't respond to anything. Um, he's probably busy writing his Keith Law post, long awaited. So I took the liberty of bringing in a esteemed guest host. Uh, a pillar of the Padres Twitter community uh, from the kept faith, Nicholas McCann. Hey, what's going on, guys? Faith up. <laughs> Did you guys trademark that? That's a good that's, slogan. That's good. Yeah, that's my that's my new thing when I when I guest on people's podcasts. <laughs> faith up, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, you know, obviously this is going to sound like a great podcast because in actuality we fully rehearsed this episode by doing uh, an entire dry run last night. That's the kind yeah, of dedication yeah. that we have to the craft. <laughs> yeah, it was a dress rehearsal. I thought um, I thought you received my notes really well, and I, I really appreciated your criticism. Yeah, I think we did some good riffing. Um, it was really uh, a good a good audition, you know, a good rehearsal. So, um, in actuality, yeah. uh, <laughs> computers died. <laughs> we, uh, we we had about two minutes left in the episode, and then we lost everything, uh, and then didn't save any of the files once they were recovered. And so it was a you know it was classic podcasting. Yeah, we we earned we every podcaster needs to have this experience to talk about and laugh about you know the the big it's lost like, episode. Yeah, usually, it's like you, you just, have to have to blow lost. it off. I mean, I've blown off episodes that I've lost. Yeah. Yeah, then you talk about it like two other like I have to be on two more times before we talk about it, and then we just laugh about it. But we're just talking about it tonight. Yeah. But we should go back to what happened earlier this week when you tried to be on or we tried to have you on my podcast and with David J and Bill the Bulldozer Dozer. Uh, and what happened was uh, David J and I were coming from Kearney Mesa down we had tried to get downtown and a gas leak happened and wrecked San Diego traffic and just it screwed up everything nobody could re- it just couldn't come together and yeah it's just been a rough week for online media I think <laughs> yeah it's like it's as if 973 the machine was taking their uh, revenge on us somehow well yeah you know the the does the does won the week I think that's pretty that's pretty clear. Like he, it was his week and the rest of us are just, you know, we're just getting the warmth from his son. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll talk about him a little later, but, uh, yeah, you guys have a real hit on your hands. All that podcast well, yeah. revenue is, it must be life changing. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, t- what happened was basically Travis, he, uh, he took a freelance gig just to work for this new station called the grinder um, I guess people are people. It's like the hot new station in town. And what station is that? It's, really, like, it's like ninety nine point ninety nine point nine. Yes, if I'm not mistaken. Ninety nine point yeah ninety nine point nine. The grinder. Travis took a took a gig. He's just like they needed some help editing some early stuff, and he's like okay. And you know it sucks because like we don't want Travis to have to do that. We actually have a Patreon, and uh, you should you, people should become a patron because it would stop Travis from having to work for places like that. But. Yeah, uh, he accidentally put a fi- he actually accidentally put a file into our feed and it kind of blew up. So the dozer, the build the bulldozer dozer is is a is a superstar. He's it's a meteor it's a meteoric rise, I guess. <laughs> yeah, he's a media sensation already. He must, you know, a legend like him 
must have been real pissed after after yeah. this little oh, podcast yeah. canceled on him. Yeah, so we had we were going to have him on with you and and David from Mad Friars and yeah, we couldn't make it happen because of this freaking gas leak, but you know, he actually uh he actually called me afterwards and he wasn't he wasn't happy about it. Do you want to hear the the message? I I want nothing more in life than to hear this message. Yeah, he left it on my voicemail. He's a little angry, but uh you know, I get it, because he's a passionate guy. Here it is. This is the dozer calling my phone. Uh, yeah, this is uh, Bill the Dozer, Bulldozer Dozer, uh, 999FM. Flipped upside down, Mark of the Beast. I'm trying to get a hold of Nick McCann from the Kept Faith Podcast. Uh, yeah, what the hell, uh, McCann? If this is your phone number, first off, you invited me to come on your little fairy podcast over at Voice of San Diego Studios. I plan my whole evening around coming on your podcast, okay? I went out, I set up my night, I went out to P.F. Chang's, okay? Me, I had a whole night planned. It's going to be me, D-Bag, J-Nuts, and Tom Tom. We're all going to P.F. Chang's. We're going to get some lettuce wraps, pound some Mike's Hard Lemonade, and then I was going to go over your little Voice of San Diego. Oh, we're lefty, liberal, liberal, leftist over here. We're so sad that Donald Trump is our president. I was going to come over there to your little studio and do your little stupid ballerina show. But, oh, no, a gas leak happens. A gas leak happens. And then all of a sudden, I can't do the show anymore because you cancel the show because a gas leak happens. Gas leak. Is that oh, where's Hillary Clinton? Is Hillary Clinton going to save us from the gas leak? We're so scared. Is Bernie Sanders going to come and give us some gas masks? Because that's what you get in communist countries, and that's what America's turning into, and I hope that you're ready for that, McCann. I hope you and all your other boyfriends over at the Voice of San Diego studio and the Kept Faith podcast are ready to strap in. Donald Trump's coming. He's bringing Kim Jong-un with him, right? We're loading up missiles on the back of our backpacks. And we're flying over here Superman style, all right? And not none of that none of that Kevin Spacey shit. Okay, I'm talking about Christopher Reeve, classic Superman. I don't want any of this crap you're talking about now with his uh brand Brandon. Brandon is the name of our Superman. Brandon. Uh you know, no thank you. I'll take Christopher. Okay, thank you very much. Next time you invite me on a podcast. I don't care if there's an earthquake that demolishes the entire city, okay, buddy? All right? My name is Dozer. I'm the Dozer. That means I'll bulldoze through that earthquake, all right? I will get there. I'll make it happen. Gas mask on, strap in, and strap on, because the next time I see you, I'm taking the sleeves up, and I'm going to wring your little neck, all right? That's right. 999FM, flip it over, Mark of the Beast. We're out. Man, that was, yeah. that was fiery. Yeah, you know, and you know, you've done the podcast before. It's it's a it's a fun time to hang out and talk about sports. It's, we try to we try to have a good time. I I just feel bad that he's that's his impression of us now is like we're not reliable. I mean, he's he he's old school, right? Like he comes from you know you say you make it you make an appointment to to record. You show up and you record, and you know. We we couldn't make that happen. I, I just feel I feel really bad about well, it. Well, look, when you're, I mean, he's a Dave and Jeff show, radio, San Diego Radio Hall of Fame caliber kind of guy. Like he's not a guy you blow off. Like you don't blow off Hacksaw, you know, living legend no, Hacksaw. No. But you know, yeah, in some I mean, ways, I'm, I'm a little relieved because I, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I I'm almost certain that he would have brought Smirnoff ices with him, and he would have iced us. And so, yeah. so at least we avoided that that bullet. Yeah, he's always. I, I, I've heard. I, I don't know, but I've heard he's always about six or seven years behind 
whatever's happening in in popular culture. So he would ice us. I think that's well, yeah, because only I think that's clear. Tarts are on, but uh, yeah, we're gonna get him on. I, 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 yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I, we're gonna try to get him on. Um, he actually texted me this morning and said, "Did I, did I call you last night?" <laughs> and so that's a good sign. You know, maybe it's just that time of night he throws on the board shorts and starts drinking the Corona lights and just starts calling people. That's what, that's what I imagine, but I don't know. Well, just for all of so. us, like whenever he does come into the voice of San Diego studios, can you make sure that he brings D bag and Tom Tom with him? Cause I think they'd be radio gold as well. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm, I'm just ready for the, dough. I want to be in the room. Dough. I want to be in the room with greatness. You know, I feel like, you know, I'm just a podcaster. Like, he's he's spent more time in front of a microphone than I've probably been alive. And I just, I, I think there'd be a residual benefit to being in the room with him, you know, yeah, as a just, person his skill, and a man. Yeah, his incredible <laughs> broadcasting skills would, would, would rub off on you. I mean, it would be, just what an amazing experience yeah. that would have been. So, man, yeah, very exciting for the Cup Faith this week with that discovery of, of uh, Bill, hey. Bill the Bulldozer Dozer. <laughs> It was his week, man. It was, it was his, his week. week. Well, you know whose week it wasn't? It was not my week Ew. this week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so... I opened the show uh, as Padres Jagoff just out of habit, but uh, I, I don't think Padres Jagoff is going to exist anymore. Uh, it's gone. It's not coming back from what I've gathered. Uh, from, from Yeah, so so walk us through what happened. So uh, you wake I up woke up and... on Sunday, uh, you know, check Twitter, start making breakfast. Uh, notice that it's not loading my feed. It, it does like a cannot connect kind of kind of warning on the iPhone app. And so I just assumed it was like Twitter down or my internet wasn't working. I didn't think much of it. And then um, the thing when you're suspended is you still get notifications. So when people tweet to Padres Jagoff, I get those, but I cannot respond. Uh, I cannot respond. So I kind of started seeing people say, uh, "Hey, uh, I think he's suspended." And so I I looked it up what that meant, and um, you don't get an email. I didn't get an email. I didn't get notification. I, I didn't get anything really about it. Um, so I logged on on a desktop, and it says there's a pink band that says your account's been suspended. So I looked that up, and apparently you can appeal it. So I've appealed it about 14 times so far, which involves a lot of dealing with bots, uh, forms, uh, form letters back to you, and no real answers. The only thing I really got out of Twitter via that channel was that uh, I was accused of impersonation. So uh, what that means is is someone uh, has complained that uh, my account, Padres Jagoff, uh, an account that that tweets dick jokes and uh, MS Paint penis pictures um, could easily be confused with the content that uh, a brand um, is is putting out there, and so I was shocked at this because it's so unfeasible. Um, I was able to get a phone number for like executive customer service, and they won't tell you details on the complainant, but um, they did tell me enough to know that. If I were to look at my handle, it would be easy to ascertain who filed the complaint, uh, meaning the Padres. So um, I guess the Padres filed a complaint that the Padres Jagoff Twitter account could easily be um, deceptively 
that I was acting deceptively to act as the Padres. Um, my guess is this was largely uh, caused by their distaste for my new Twitter avatar, which of course was the friar um, swinging a, a giant penis. Um, I guess that's the kind of content <laughs> that they believe um, people might uh, believe that the team usually would be sending that out, but I am I'm impersonating them on the Jagoff account. So um, basically, I got an instant death penalty. There is no um, there's no appealing. There is no reversing it. Um, it's done. That's it. I will not be getting the Padres Jagoff name wow. back. I will not be getting my followers back. And uh, luckily, luckily for me, I created the Seals Jagoff uh, joke account like a couple months ago. So <laughs> I have that in the interim, and I'm kind of just trying to figure out what uh, what I'll do next. But I cannot get well, at Padres Jagoff back. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think that, I mean, I'm, I, I really like the content that you put out, and I, I just wonder, like, can you still be transgressive and and be a thorn in their ass to like call them out for their their pricing ideas and just like the things that they do wrong? I mean, you can still be a problem without the name. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, I guess I don't know. I, I in some ways I feel like the Padres have. Um, workshopped a new way to crush dissent if they want to. <laughs> I mean, especially if you've got Padres in your name, like he, like Padres Haikus in some trouble. I mean, he also wrote a Fire Mike D hey. article on Fire Mike D Day. So um, it, it seems to me that they have the power as a as a large brand that occasionally advertises on Twitter to um, flex their muscles and and get people they dislike or don't agree with um off of the off of the medium right now now here's the here's a question like now that you're seals jag off would it be beneficial for the seals who are trying to get a foothold into this market to not do what they did uh you mean, just like let you be <laughs> right let me be i don't know they don't follow me <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> trying to get their president's attention because I, I I wanted them to follow me. Like I actually, uh, people think it's a joke, but I, I actually do like box lacrosse. Like uh, Andy Keats and I have had some actual lacrosse discussions. Um, I've That's gone great. to yeah. a major league lacrosse game. I, I've been to Chesapeake Bayhawks games, which Andy Keats is is very familiar with. Um, so, <laughs> like I, I have an actual interest in, in lacrosse. My wife played at NC State. Like she's. Uh, Oh, I awesome. will teach my my daughter to play lacrosse. That's what we bring to the beach is lacrosse sticks. So, um, so but they don't care about me. I don't think it's probably the large MS Paint penis in the avatar, which is um, scaring them off. But uh, you know, eventually I'm right. gonna have to change. Seals Jagoff is not permanent. Uh, I've I'm you know I've been workshopping some ideas. I posted some some prototype uh, avatars last night. Um, if I were to if I switch to Big Sausage Padres, which I'm not sure. I'm not really sure what route I'm going to go down quite yet. Right. So back to the, with the Padres, like, I mean, they're going to, they're probably going to look at it or if they, they probably will never make a statement directly about this, but the, their thing, they can probably hide behind the idea that he's drawing dicks. That's a problem for our family entertainment, but that's not really why you're dangerous to them. I think it's more that you're calling out certain 
I think it's the serious content that you put out where it's like you're you're questioning their price their pricing uh, tactics, right? Tickets and ticket packages. You know, it's it's you see it kind of in the the, you know like Marvin and I have talked a lot about controlling the message, right? Like that's what Wayne Partello loves to do. That's what Mike D wanted to do, and I don't subscribe to that strategy. I think there should be other voices, and a lot of the local media especially traditional media, falls right into that. I, I don't think they ask the second question. They report what they're being told as news because that's their primary source. And I don't think a lot of people take that a step further and research or verify what they're saying or think critically about what they're saying. And I don't think the Padres like that. I'm certain Wayne Partello doesn't like that. Um, and obviously, I, I'm sure we haven't been the nicest in the way we've approached the issue, but I, I think we've done it with humor and whatever but um they don't they don't like that i mean i I know wayne partello doesn't doesn't care for either of us really but especially me um and that's fine i'm not here to make friends with him um i i do think that at some point they felt threatened i mean it's not like i had ten thousand followers like i had two thousand followers it's not a ton but you know the message gets out after a while and i think a lot of opinions have been shaped over the years the fire Mike D thing's like a good example of that. Like, if no one, if we had never harped on Mike D, I, I don't think there would have been any dislike for him in the fan community at all. And, yeah, and I, mean, I think that yeah. we shaped that. Like, even even if you go on like Reddit or whatever, like there are people that still talk about how awful Mike D is, and and I think that I think we had a lot to do with that. And I think if it weren't for the blogs highlighting a lot of that stuff, that critical eye towards actions wouldn't have existed and i don't think that's something the padres care for yeah so what like i don't personally this happened to you is just i can't believe it's that easy for them to do this but uh it's very easy yeah i know but i i i don't understand how that could be possible but i guess it is now i I don't know but what are you going to try to do to get your message out there moving forward i mean are you gonna i mean does the the website will still be putting out articles, I assume, and you guys are still going to do podcasts? Yeah, I don't think anything will change. And, It'll just be to a smaller yeah, it Twitter audience for now, I guess. Um, I don't know. We we like thought about things we could do. There was actually a, a major national writer that was very interested in the story, and I told Marva I wasn't interested. I, I didn't want to go that route because I don't have uh-huh. I don't have hard evidence. Uh, I don't have an email. I was really fishing for an email that would say uh, it was a complaint from the Padres. And I never got that. I got a phone call. I, you know, on the phone call, I got basically everything but saying it. But that I don't have a recording of that or anything. And so it wasn't going to go anywhere journalistically. So um, I don't know. It'll just be business as usual. I'll come up with a new name and that's it. I mean, there's nothing better than... Getting your kid to bed, cracking a beer, sitting down on the couch, turning the Padres game on, and getting on Padres Twitter. I mean, that's not going to change. I wanted, I still want to do that. It's like my, it's like my favorite thing. So right. Um, I mean, I basically go to Padres games so that I can tweet outside. Like it's not right. I, I'm not there for the. I mean, I can watch the game on TV. I just like sitting outside sometimes. So you know, I don't think anything's really going to change. The messaging well, certainly won't. When you when you 
when you approached or when you talked to this journalist out doing the story, did he ask you if he could use your real name? He said he would do it either way. Oh, okay. But I, I'm I don't just know. Curious. It's just not. He's an actual writer. Like he's he's not going to publish anything. It's not going to go anywhere. And I don't think I, the Padres can easily just deny it. Really, if we're being honest, I mean, there's yeah. no there's no evidence of it. And Twitter's not going to say anything. They're not going to say anything. It wasn't going to go anywhere. Uh, you know, just we've we've done a lot of research on it. We've talked to people at in the Padres, both of us, and. From what we've gathered, we've been able to be reasonably, almost certain, certainly sure that they did it, but that they will not take responsibility for it. It's like it's not like Wayne Partello did it personally. So someone did it, I believe, you know, in the building, yeah. employed by Wayne Partello. Somebody's going to get a promotion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, someone got a nice, nice uh, gift Man. card to Lolita's after this. I could see them actually like building a fake scalp and posting it on a wall now yeah. I'm, still... <laughs> yeah, I'm sure and that's but, uh, fine whatever but um yeah. you know life will go on i'll come up with a new name i'll still do the same stuff so. yeah i'll come up what yeah i do? think like if your your voice they didn't like take your <laughs> they didn't take your your sensibility away so no no hey it's a temporary. You can always victory. come on our podcast. Yeah, you know, it's a temporary victory for them. Good for them, but I don't think the war will be over. Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't like. I, I think I'm with you. Like, I don't like this idea of blocking out voices at all. Like, we're gonna have, we're gonna have the dozer on. I don't agree with all of his his point of views. He's very but, you offensive. Know, like. <laughs> but I, you know, there's a lot of people I disagree with that we've that we talk to and I just, you know, I, I think it's valuable just to have it all out there and everybody can just decide what they, how they feel. You yeah. Know? I, like, I don't know how you are on Twitter, but I don't, I don't block anyone. I've never blocked anyone on Twitter. Like I, I've I, muted a few people, but I, yeah, I've never blocked anybody. I haven't, I've never done that. Yeah. And like a lot of people, I think block people they don't agree with, but I definitely yeah, have people on my timeline I don't agree with because I think uh, opposite viewpoints are useful or, you know, you don't want to be in a, you know, locked into the same, you know, surrounded by people with the same viewpoint all the time. It's it's not interesting and it's not, a, you're not going to learn anything. Right. But the Padres are a business. And no, I, I, business I agree. It's built around messaging and, and building certain feelings in, you know, emotions and feelings in, in their fans. And if someone gets in the way of that, I guess I could see why they would want to do it. But it's, I, you know, it's cowardly. I think so. Yeah, I, I, I just, it seems like it, it, well, it's, they don't really cowardly, know how... Cowardly when you they, know, the, they, they know that Twitter... Well, it's cowardly when you take into account that? that they will not come on an interview. Like, we've tried for years to get someone from the Padres to come do an interview and answer real non-Dancilio-esque questions. And so if there's no interest in an open dialogue, then then what that tells you is they're interested in propaganda and 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 their message only. And that's that's their decision to do that. But I don't think it's a I don't think it's a good decision to smart people that don't that don't want that. Right. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the benefit is. I, I think that they, I think that a lot of companies that size, like they, they know that they know that social media and Twitter and everything is it. They know it means something, but they don't really know how to navigate it. 
and they don't really know how powerful it is, but they know they have to be they have to have an eye on it, I think. And they don't really they don't really understand like I mean, we've been approached and we've done, you know, events with them and, and stuff like that. And you can tell by the, just the team employees, like they don't, they know they have to pay attention to this, but they don't really know why. And you see that a lot with a lot of companies, even outside of sports. It's like run by these older people that don't really engage in it, but they know it, it matters. So <laughs> I guess right. you're just a casual, you're a casualty of that. I mean, there are <laughs> people that think the newspaper is the, is still like the, the number one voice in covering sports. Like it's, I don't have any doubt that there are people at Petco Park that think that, but you know, the world changes and not everyone's on board with it. So that kind of brings me to my next topic, which is uh, the Padres new radio affiliate, which is 97.3 The Machine, which is uh, the machine. on Monday. Um, you know, it was the greatest night ever on Twitter, which was last Friday, after Drunk Flannery started the hashtag 97.3 The Machine taglines bit. Um, yeah. <laughs> what did you think of that? That was it was incredible. Like we 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 got the only the only snippet we really got was that it was going to be guy talk, and that one of the shows was going to be Dan Cilio and the other show was going to be the men's room. Like like how great was that night? Yeah. Oh, the men's room. Yeah. So uh, I I think in besides all the masculinity that they're trying to project, I I think what's to me it's just the tagline that they use is almost funnier than anything we came up with calling it talk that rocks <laughs> like talk shouldn't rock no. right <laughs> like, I mean, like talk should be smart and poised and not not rocking you know like i i just i wait did you not want your your intelligent talk radio to be interrupted with playing the entirety of like ozzy osbourne or or jeff foxworthy bits yeah, so it's not just it's not just it's not just the the masculine whatever the hyper masculinity the, the the chauvinism or whatever but like it's more that like this isn't your dad's talk radio this is this has an edge and like nothing makes me more upset than like fake edge like yeah. it's just like we're like I think having a really deep you know long form conversation where we were you know we're revealing things or whatever like it's that's so much edgier than just being like women don't understand us right guys yeah, yeah. let's talk you about women it. Men are different <laughs> yeah like, women, like what are the differences i uh i got in my car yeah. and 97.3 was on like midday and uh it was dan cilio on thursday like this is classic just manufactured edgy edginess but he's talking about the gas leak he's like uh well i know one thing i'll bet a ton of people in traffic were smoking weed and then like the sidekick's like yeah that that is what they were doing and then cilio jumps in and is like uh well at least if they're on 163 there's lots of strip clubs there 97.3 the machine like it's it's like way it's yeah. like way worse than anything we had on the ninety seven three the machine taglines bit, but like it's just so so struggling to create edginess. It's 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 really awful. It's worse well, it's than we could have ever expected. They don't really have a clear idea 
of what they want to be because they'll they'll play full. It's like talk radio with full songs, and then stand up comedy bits like live stand up or you know ones, like, recorded stand up, which is it's it's an it's an approach, and I appreciate that they're somebody's trying it. I guess maybe maybe this probably isn't new or groundbreaking. I imagine, but like it's it's really odd. Like, I actually, you know, we talk a lot of crap about them, but, like, it's kind of riveting to listen to, because you, you, it's like a train wreck or, like, a car crash where you just, I can't look away. Like, I'm sorry, I know that, like, everybody in the 1090 universe is, like, has an opinion about Dan Levitard coming in and Jim Rome's not there anymore. I don't know. I wasn't listening to Jim Rome at all. I, I grew up listening to him, but I kind of, that, that was over and Dan Levitard's here and it doesn't really matter to me at all. But like at 10 o'clock, if I, if I have access to a radio, I gotta, I kind of want to know what Sills is going to say because I just think it's, it's, it's a, it's a fascinating study of like, how horrible an entertainment product can be and how clueless a, a company can be about the audience that they're trying to, to attract. Like, I don't yeah, know what. This I, is. I'm with you. Like I appreciate Levitard, like his interview with Manfred, whatever a month ago or whatever about the Marlins. Oh. It was, it was classic. It was great, but I, I'm not, yeah. if we're being honest, I like Rome. I grew up with him, but I, I hadn't listened to him. I'm one of those people yeah. that, uh, give or take whatever if i was in the car and i was driving to go play basketball at lunch you know i guess i'd listen to him for three minutes but i'm not going out of my way to do it and i'm not going to go out of my way to listen to levitard but i'm not gonna lie i listened to you know i tuned into old big sills quite a few times this week so i don't know how many times i can do it how much more i can do it though well with cilio what's fascinating especially the first week and i don't know i mean the, the novelty is not i'm not gonna keep like checking because i I've checked a few times and it, it's, it, I know what it is. I know what it's going to be. It is what it is. And I'm never surprised, but like, you know, I, this first week where he's talking about how everybody's talking about him and how he loves, it's like, he's, he's so, he loves talking about how enjoy, how much enjoyment he's getting from his haters. And then he has this like producer kid who's like, you're right, Sills. Totally. You're just, they're all coming out. Care. You're the best, Sills. <laughs> Which is how I will be when I talk to Dozer. But, like, you know, I just, <laughs> you know, but it's it's the fake victimization. Like, everybody's coming down on Sills, and I'm dealing, and I'm just, I'm just a phoenix rising, basically. Do you, do you think that's a bit? Or, or does he really think that? That, that like, people well, hating him and, and talking about it? is good for the show long term and his you know for on a personal note like his career like this is all good for his career or do you I mean it, that, that it's a disaster I, I i have no idea i i wonder i think it's like it's for him it's probably like i don't know what's happening with 1090 they're building a studio this is a new contract he's probably guaranteed a certain amount of money He's just, it's gotten him this far. I mean, so just hit record and I'll turn on the sills, basically. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, that's, it just, that's probably as far as he thinks about it. And then if, when this doesn't work, he'll go to Tucson or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's, there's so many things wrong with it. Like, 
that way beyond you know the forced edginess, the sexism, the terrible broadcasting skills, like playing a bed of music the whole time is is distracting and awful. The uh, I don't think he's introduced his producer yet. Like I have no idea what his name is. Um, he's he's just an agreeable person who's. He, Supposed to bounce off of everything that he said. I mean, that's, yeah, that's nameless, what it is. You know, like it's it's just weird. And so the thing is, I love talk radio. Like I grew up listening to talk radio all the time. Um, other kids were cool and listened to music. I listened to listen to talk radio. Right. And the format that they talked about, like let's say you didn't call it guy radio, you called it uh, hot talk or, or you know just just talk radio. I would be excited for that. Um. I don't think it needs to be dude talk necessarily. I mean, but you throw basically what Dave and Jeff are doing, which, you know, is 25% sports and 75% other stuff like that can work. And I would tune in for that. It's worked in other markets. Like I lived in Washington, D.C. They've they had an entire day of that base. The entire programming of WJFK out there was like that for quite a while. And that's a format that I would actually be really interested in. And 97.3, the machine is, it's just, I, I, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know whose idea this was. I mean, it was Mike D's idea and he's a total zero, but, um, well, I think, I think generally like sports talk is probably always going to lean towards guys, but there's a way to do it. Can like, if I listen to Darren's show and they have a, a woman on Marty's on there and she's, you know, she represents she, she she i mean she doesn't represent women but like it's she it doesn't feel like if i was in a car with my mom i would have to like turn down the sound or turn it off because i would i wouldn't know what they were going to say like it, there's a certain decorum or just like a way to, to speak intellectually that like y- y- it wouldn't be threatening to women i mean there's gonna i think the potters might have if they're gonna continue this partnership and I've already seen. We've already seen some of this on Twitter and other places. Is like, I think there's a lot of female Padres fans that are going to look at this and be like, "Okay, what are you guys doing here? Like, what is this?" I, right. Yeah. Like this, this is. This is I, mean, I know. I know. I know. There's a certain. This is your partner. Like, I don't. I don't know. I, I think they have to be held accountable for that. Like this, you, you can't alienate an entire gender, and and, and it seems. It, it seems ridiculous to look at it that way, but their their content isn't hiding from the fact that they're that's kind of what they're trying to do. Like <laughs> the no, machine they, they is play it up in their actual tag, like the actual taglines they've created. Like they plays it up very much so. Yeah, and they're not doing. They're not like drawing. They're not drawing dicks on things. They're not like doing aggressive bathroom humor overtly. It's more like. The real damaging stuff is like, oh, you know, you know how women are such a drag, like that whole thing. That's what they're selling, and that's what sports fans are. I, I just don't, I don't agree with that. And I think a lot of women that are paying customers of the Padres are going to have a problem with it. I'm seeing it. I'm already seeing it. And as the season goes on, I think they, they're going to have a lot of problems with it anyways because it's ridiculous. But <laughs> I, I mean, I think. You can't piss off your customers, and, no, and there's a lot of women that really care about this team. And it, the thing with the Padres it's just, is they they try it, to separate themselves it's from Cilio. Disaster, <laughs> I think. Yeah, and so like the Padres tried to yeah, separate themselves yeah, yeah. from Cilio 
formally. Like, they had to issue a press release, but they can do that, but there's not really a way to really separate them, you know? Because during Cilio's show, you know, he's not obviously not doing the pregame for the Padres, but at least 10 times during his show, he will say, hey, and tune in to 97.3 The Machine tonight at 6.15 for Chris Ello's pregame show, and then 7.05 first pitch for the Padres tonight. Like, that's... That's an endorse. That's lit- that's that's literally an endorsement of their product. That's going to be done ten times a day. They're providing employees to do interviews on the Cilio show. Like there is no separating the two at the point that they are contractually partners, and that the Padres are on their radio station. That's they they're reaping what they're sowing, right? Like there's no the brands are intertwined at that point, and that's disappointing for me because baseball is not. It's not a game for men. It's a game for people, you know, families, whatever. And so the idea that like, hey, your wife's nagging you, tune into 97.3 The Machine. It's like a clubhouse for dudes where no one can, no women can bother you. Like that's not the message that should be sent. Like um, I like to think my wife is very knowledgeable about baseball and Joy's going to baseball games. I, I'm certain your wife as well. Like, it's, Oh, she's a Red Sox in, fan. She she's more into the Red Sox than I am to the Padres probably. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, like it's so insulting to them. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, luckily my wife couldn't care less about anything I talk about on this podcast. So she'll never be aware that 97.3, the machine even exists. But if she did, she would certainly be offended with the, with the messaging on there. Well, I think it's interesting. I think it's fascinating that they would try to kick you off, or they did kick you off Twitter for drawing, or basically having a dick on the logo. But that's essentially what they're doing, right? Like they're in way more <laughs> harmful terms. Than I think than so. Anything. I think that's fair. I think that's fair because yeah. it's like what this is how you're broadcast. I mean, a lot of people, I, a lot of people listen to games on the radio still, and this is. I mean, I they had some they they weren't really doing a lot of like the spring training stuff, but I heard a lot of people on Twitter just complaining about not being able to find it, and you know, like it still matters where they put their con where they put their games, you know, for access and and, and it, to take actually, this to take know, this route is like it you says something. Think of it, but they're actually broadcasting less games than last year because if I recall, they didn't broadcast all the games last year but you remember it was like it was annoying because they put it on their hd2 station i think so you had to have an hd radio and you had to tune off of the main station and tune into the other one but you could still get it and i want to say they they put like half the games on the radio and this year it seems like it's weekends only you know it's just a lot of people complained last year that 94.9 didn't care about the padres which they didn't like and you know they didn't talk about them they didn't do anything for the Padres, and I'm not sure this is that much better. I mean, it's probably worse. And so, well, everybody knows the problem is that it's it seems completely impossible or wrong for a major league baseball team to not have their games on the radio. There's a certain romanticism that comes with like listening to the radio and listening to the ball game on your porch while drinking a lemonade. Everybody associates that with baseball. The problem is this team, when they're on the radio, people change the channel. You talk to 1090 employees for before they ultimately left the partnership. They, they would say like, look like the, 
the ratings dip when the games are on. We can't. We literally cannot afford to do this. It seems like you know. Yeah. And uh, Kaplan talks I think about the, all the time. <laughs> Every time they were preempted um, for like an afternoon game or an East Coast game, like the ratings were way way worse than when Scott and Br were on. Yeah, and then and that was back when they they also had the Chargers to talk about. So it's a whole other ball game now. But like the, I think. Every, no, there's no major league baseball team in the country that wants to say like we literally cannot put it on the air because nobody wants it. They can't say that necessarily. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, so, it's, it's, I, it's a tough thing to say. And yeah, the because, money also. Yeah, and and I yeah I I don't know what this project ends up turns turns into because ultimately if nobody listens to it other than just hate listening like that's not a business model, you know, like, right. Yeah. Not a good one. I mean, I mean they should start a Patreon really like yeah. <laughs> they could. Probably... Um, do you, do you think it's weird how you guys have talked about it before about how like the backlash to the union tribune about, about things, what they're covering, covering the chargers, whatever, to the point where people expect it, you know, a privately held corporation to be a public, to be doing a public good, a public service. Right. And do you think it's kind of weird how it's kind of the same with local sports talk, like how much people care? Like, I don't know if it's the same with the Kev Faith. I'm going to guess it is. But when you guys have like a radio guest or have a radio themed post or, or podcast, like I know for us, those are our, by far our most popular posts. I would guess like Brady Phelps from Lob Shots, his hacksaw stuff, probably yeah, among yeah. his most trafficked stuff, his Kaplan stuff like that stuff. That's sizzle. That's sizzle that you're selling when you got radio. It does. Stuff. You know, it, it, it definitely, I, don't, I haven't looked at, like, the actual page clicks. We don't really do that. But, like, the the, tra- the traction on Twitter, like, when D- Dallas has kind of been, Dallas McLaughlin, uh, he, he basically is kind of taking that beat. Like, he, he's covered, like, the, the radio wars or drama for The Voice and kind of on our site. But, like, yeah, like, People love reading about that. I, I, I've said this before. I, th- I think I said it on the live pod, but like it has replaced the, the Chargers in a lot of ways. Just following the radio stations, trying to figure themselves out, like has been so much more compelling than the Padres and pretty much anything else in town. I mean, I, I'm it's waiting the for new that sport to- <laughs> in town. Like it is. Like, I think the, the the UT switched AC to the beat writer, right? And it was almost like like it was covered on on Padres Twitter at least that like it's the same way we would discuss a free agent signed by the Padres. It, it's crazy. Yeah, and, and like I, I I I've said this before on, on our podcast and everything, but like there is a there is an emotional attachment to what is put on the. Sp- the same the the Union Tribune's sports page, the same way like the 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 week, the daytime week uh, broadcast on ten ninety like people freak out about what subjects are being talked about. We've talked about it with like Darren and and Gennaro and Craig. It's like, and they all tell us like, if we talk about the Padres, our ratings go down. We have to talk about other stuff. We have to broaden it out or like it's, it's not sustainable, you know? And, but then the thing people, is, people, is that model sustainable then like where they are having to cover such a broad array of subjects, like, does that have a chance against things like podcasts? Like we're talking about an entire generation that's 
being raised and, and is used to and expects to have a curated list of things that on, that they are interested in only. Like, you follow the people that you're interested in or agree with. You read the things that you are... The only things that you agree with. Um, channels on TV are so narrowly... You know, have such narrow subject matter that... The idea that we should be expected as a norm to choose the option that's broad, that does not cover the things that we care about. And you see this backlash where it's like, well, why aren't you talking about the Aztecs? And 1090 and the UT are like, well, because we can't sustain this business talking about the Aztecs or, or the goals or whatever. And that pisses people off because they have they've now have this new reality where they expect to, to only hear things that they are interested in. And in a lot of ways, podcasts can provide that. I mean, a lot of that's because we're not paid and we're just hobbyists and I don't need to create a, <laughs> a, a, you know, a successful business out of it. But regardless, that content is, is there and available and free. Like, the, the whole old media thing, I don't know how much longer they can, they can do this. And I don't blame yeah. them. And I don't think that people should be angry with them. Like, they're literally doing the only thing they have left to do to stay afloat. So, you know, I'm not going to blame them for fail, being in a failing business model, but they're doing the best they can given what they've got. But in the long run, I think what we're doing is replacing that. And, you know, and at some point, big business will copy the model and find a way to make money on it, I'm sure. But for now, I think we're in this like little, you know, perfect time where what we're producing, like for Padres fans, there's no need to tune into the radio. There's so much free content, and I would argue quality content that, you know, if you've got if you've got podcasts sitting in your podcast feed, there's zero reason to tune tune into 1090, 973, 1360. Yeah, I I I don't know. Like I feel like we've had this conversation for about a year and a half on our on our podcast. You've been on our podcast talking about it. Like the. <laughs> like, I think there's a division, obviously, between people like you and me who are doing this, you know, as a as a hobby or, like, maybe some, hopefully, with that Patreon money, we can get some extra money. But, like, you know, it's, you talk to these people that are doing this for real, like, for their livelihood, and they they see the numbers. They don't know what to do. And it seems like when you look at, like, 1090 or something like that, they they've landed on this idea that if we can have a broaden out national, we cover national topics and kind of funnel it into local stuff and hope that the audiences stay because they know us that we can sustain that. That, that seems like the approach they're trying to take. And I, I yeah, I, I agree. Like, I don't know with the next generation coming up. Like, I don't know how that survives. And with the UT, I mean, they, it seems like they had so many people in place to cover the Chargers, and that was their bread and butter. That they did not know what to do after the Chargers left. So they we spent the last year basically covering ratings about the Chargers, which was oh, God, that was the really worst. polarizing. That was really polarizing stuff. I mean, like Jay Posner, who you know works really hard, and you know I I I, I think he's probably a, I don't know him, but like he's associated with that now, and I you know that's. He, it seems like he's almost like a casualty of this whole thing. It's like he's the rating, he's the Chargers ratings guy now. 
and, and and like for a lot of people who have turned away from traditional media like that. But uh, yeah. man, it's a, <laughs> I, I think like you know what's crazy, and I don't like our numbers have gone up like in the last year and we're growing and I think people, I think audiences want to have the authentic voice that they understood that, that, that matches theirs. And uh, you know, I think shows like yours and ours, like I think we provide something that the other places can't and we're, but we're not operating under the same business model that they are. We're not, right. we're not yeah. operating we're, under a business model. So it's not like, at all. Yeah. It's not fair. I, I'm, I, like I have no interest in a press credential. I have no interest in monetizing. Like I, I'm doing this because I enjoy it, and and yeah, that's obviously very different than the model that 1090 has to do. Like they've got a lot of people to pay, you know. And yeah. I, like I don't know what those stations will do. Like I would, I saw John Gennaro quit at 1090. I would love to talk to him. Like just, um, just candidly about what's going to happen, but. I don't know, like, we talked about just talk radio in general, and I don't know if you're, like, a big fan of talk radio like I am, um, but have you listened to Scott Kaplan's, uh, like, solo podcast? I haven't yet, but I, I heard that he's, he's had some bangers on, on Jim Rome or something. <laughs> yeah, I haven't yet. you know, it's yeah. not even like, a, man, there was this, it's not even like he said something outrageous that he wouldn't have said on the radio, like, it's compelling talk, like, it's, it's... No one's been as big of a critic of Kaplan as me, especially during the whole Charter saga, but he's a compelling guy, and on the solo podcast, he's not talking about sports, per se. Like, if it comes up, it comes up, but it's just, like, it's great just general talk radio, and I think if Kaplan was allowed by management or empowered to do a show like that, I think it could be really, really popular, Um but I think it's just this slow process where it's like, oh, I got to talk sports, got to talk sports. You know, the 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 medium is sports talk radio, so you got to do that. And you know, at some point, I think they'll have no choice but to look at something more extreme as far as something different. But um, I don't know. I kind of think what he's doing on his own is the model that they should be doing. But yeah, it's a slow yeah. Process. I mean, these these are so many. I mean, like you look at all these people that get killed by by Twitter and people, you know, bloggers or everything. Like these are really talented people that have really worked hard to, to get into the positions they have. They've, they've, they've aspired to get into it. And like the industry is just coming out from under them. And, you know, it's, I, I struggle with just like attacking people like that. Even like Silvio, like he's, he's just a guy like trying to stay above water, <laughs> you know? And yeah. Like, he's got a program director telling him what to do. You know, it's, it's just this aging business with a model that isn't applicable anymore, but it's all they know. Yeah. So, meanwhile, Padres Twitter is exploding, like the podcast world, the Twitter world, to the point that there's a there's a Padres Twitter wrap up show now on on Twitter. Drunk Flannery and Miserable SD fan put out a great first episode this week. Did you happen to listen to it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I listened to uh, the. Is, is it called the Padres Twitter? Backlash show, or it's the I, I listen to the whole thing. It's a lot of taking a steamy dump on East Village Times for some reason, but uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I I think it's cool that they. I I, I look at you and I, or, or, and like maybe 
make the Padres great again is like the first wave of the golden age. And now there's like second and third waves. And these kids are, I mean, like 5.5, they sound great. <laughs> like They're really Can you believe down. I discovered them at a single A baseball game. I, yeah. Dude. I mean, Danny and Eric sound amazing. And like they, they just have a natural chemistry that is, is really, really fun to listen to. And, I, I hope that they keep doing stuff like that. Like they do their show and then they have this other, like, you know, maybe, maybe not every week, but like a kind of like a catch all, like, like a larger group of people talking about what they, what they're hearing online and commenting on it. I think it's, yeah, I don't know where, like I don't know where this goes. Version of, of like my, this week in Pottery's Twitter. Like, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. People like reading and hearing about Pottery's Twitter. Like it, it's great to me, like this community that exists. Well, I look at it like, you know, just on the blogging side, like, you know, like, you know, I, I start before I started writing blogs and stuff, like I would read Jeff Young and like Jeff Young, like posted on our blog this week and he's done it a couple times. It's like he, he, I, I don't really know him that well, but like if you give him an assignment or not assignment, but like just give him an idea, he'll like throw it down and just publish it and like it's such a cool community that like you, you can just do that. Like, Hey, we're doing this thing and do you want to join in and like write something? And he, you know, he just really, he just jumps on it. And I don't know, it's really neat, but like, you know, I look at like Dustin, Sackbunt's Dustin and like how that guy should be like paid by a news outlet to write for the Padre about the Padres, but he's not yeah. waiting for it. He's just saying like, I'm going to put my stuff here. It costs this much. Come get it. And people are, and people are responding to it. I think that's, I think that's cool. I think I think that the older media needs to look at that and say, like, we're not, like, oh, these guys aren't like waiting for us. <laughs> you know, the gatekeepers don't matter anymore for guys like that. So, I think it's cool. Yeah, like the the only thing old media has on us really is is what access to the players, access to the team, and to the facilities. Like beyond that. I don't know what they they have. I mean, at this point, the the Andy Green press conference it's televised. We can all watch it. Like we don't, I don't need to read the newspaper the next day to see what Kevin AC has decided was important in that interview, and then you know, and then summarize it for me. Like I can watch it live, and so I think that as the importance of their access declines, like their competitive advantage is declining as well, and there's less reason for people to to care um so yeah so you know the one thing we haven't talked about is actual baseball yeah um, shit. I, I was on vacation when eric hosmer got signed and I, i'm just now catching up on podcasts from that week and i listened to your guys's uh, hosmer show where just in a miraculous manner you were taping as yeah. as the news hit is is incredible incredible radio or incredible podcast but um, I mean, I picked up from that that, you know, you weren't totally sold on it. Um, I was, yeah, told I was yeah. incredibly, incredibly angry sounding on, uh, on our podcast. Um, have you started to come to terms with it? I have. I, I, I feel, I feel like it's a lot, I'm just going to have fun with this, this season. And, you know, I, it seems like, I don't know, you look at his projections, you look at like what he's done already and. I guess this is this is the price 
you pay for somebody like that. And the I, I wonder if like, like I'm just conditioned to think that's too much money to pay somebody, but it really isn't. And like, you know, I, I don't know if he's going to end up being the leader that everybody wants to paint him as or whatever, but you know, they did spend the money and they're not going to tank. Like we thought they, we thought they were last year, but weren't being upfront about so we don't have to have this dynamic where we're looking at what they're actually putting on the field. And when they say they want to be competitive, we don't have to have this skeptical eye towards it and not believe it. I, I, I think that's come. That's it's just, it's a, it's a relief. Like, I don't know if I'm ever going to go back to this idea of wanting them to lose or being upset at them for how they're losing. I just, I don't know if I can do that anymore. I'm 37. I'm just like, I'm tired. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can go through yeah, that again. So I, I don't know how many rebuilds I, I've got in me. You know, like oh yeah, I'm not doing this. Like if this doesn't work, if this if this doesn't if this, if they don't make the playoffs or make like I mean World Series whatever, but like if, if they don't make a serious run around 2021 and they don't sell the team after that, I'm not going to listen to this ownership group like sell me the like we have to rebuild the farm system again. You know, I'm not. I'm well, not doing but that. What, like, I just, won't they just tell you that you need to be patient for the next the next wave of talent? Yeah, you can already you can already like, project you, how that's going to go. Oh, I know how it's going to go, and like I just, I just, I don't, I don't have it in me to hear it from the same people again if it's going to be like that. So I think, look, I mean, the the MLB pipeline is saying they have the the best farm system. It's it seems to be going as in as planned. I, I think. I would have not have signed Hosmer. I don't. I didn't think it was necessary, and I don't really believe the whole narrative that like have to sign him now because you're not going to be able to sign anybody else. I think the markets change every year. There's going to be people that emerge. I, I, I just, I don't think it was like super necessary, but it you know it allows them to go into a, a season saying they spent the most money. And <laughs> if you look at what's happening with all the other contracts in Major League Baseball, they. <laughs> They they're not collude they're not colluding against anybody, not the Padres. I guess maybe I don't know. Like they're not the problem if there is a problem with these owners. I guess. Yeah, I, is yeah, that fair? I to say? <laughs> yeah, you know, this pains me to say it, but I've come around to the Marver kind of thinking on this, and Marver was obviously very positive. I think once he was signed, and the thing is. It's not that much money in the grand scheme of things. Like the way people really the fans are talking yeah. about it, they're like, Ugh. "Well, at least now we know this this ownership will. They're certainly willing to spend money." Um, I mean, the thing is, the payroll's ninety million dollars. It's like one of the lowest payrolls in baseball, even after signing Hosmer. So, um, and I, I think Padres fans not... have been suspended to the idea that a hundred million dollars is like the craziest thing ever. Right. We've been like conditioned to believe that's like. The Yankees spend a hundred million dollars. That's not true. I mean, like that's a hundred million dollars <laughs> is like the twenty fourth highest payroll in baseball, and so I know. yeah, um, that shouldn't be what we're aspiring for or are accepting of. You know, that's a whole other conversation. But I, I think I've come around to the fact that they were never going to save the money in a savings account and then spend it two years from now. Like if they didn't spend the money, it was never going to get spent. And so I think I'm, I'm okay with that. 
I don't like the idea of Hosmer being the final piece. I hope that's not what he's looked at because, to me, I don't think what's in the minor leagues, it's great, it's great, don't get me wrong, but I don't think it's enough. I, I, I think, I don't, my biggest fear is that we go down the, the Pittsburgh Pirates Highway and we I, yeah, we're, yeah. we're mildly competitive for a few years. Um, we make a couple playoffs. We don't really go anywhere. And then the money runs, you know, the money runs out and, and, and that's it. The window closed. Like, that's my fear. And so I think it, it didn't come off great on our podcast, but that's that's what I'm hoping doesn't happen. Like, there, there needs to be other acquisitions later on. And so it scares me when I hear hints of uh, Ron Fowler losing, crying poor after fielding a $50 million payroll for two years. Right. And, and claiming that he lost money with a $50 million payroll, which is A, a lie, and B, incredibly alarming that he felt the need to say that publicly. So, Yeah, and if you, if, like you, if, you, if you say anything about that, then you're, you're overreacting. But it's clearly a red flag that that whole thing where he starts talking to Dennis Lynn about that and, and just, like, why is, he ta- why is he bringing that up, what was it, a week after the signing? Like, that, the, it's not even like, I know we're paranoid, but, like, we have the right to be. We're conditioned to, to, to question Padre's ownership, and there's nothing to this ownership group that should change our minds about that. Like, I, I think there's it's nothing fair wrong to, with questioning, also, you know? <laughs> Regardless of the level of trust we have in them, it's good to question, because that that either helps you confirm or confirm what you think already, or, you know, it, it's important to hear other viewpoints and ideas and i i think um i i just i guess i don't like the general idea of um you know well we've told the we've told all our beat writers that uh we're we're open for business we're spending all this money and then just ignoring a basic fact that um the amount of money they're spending is determined on a year-to-year basis like i guess i'll get around to write this eventually but even with the international spending they never spent that much money, you know. 130 million. They spent up to 130 million dollars with with that money, you know, year to year. Um, that's not that much. It's not. That that doesn't make me stand up and cheer. Like that's it's okay. It's good, but. So. But I I, guess, I, I, I think what I, I I'm co- I'm not I don't think comforted is the right word, but like I am. I like the feeling of knowing that this is their play. Like they are this this is their guy and they're going for it and And like, they got him. They got him. Because we're yeah. so used to them fail we were so used to them just saying that they're interested in people and then, you know, sitting out on the side or issuing an yeah. uncompetitive offer and then being like, Well, we tried guys, we tried our best. They actually yeah. sealed the deal and that's that is a big deal. But we saw what had happened. I mean, the deepest they ever went with anybody, this ownership group, is they went. The deepest they went was with James Shields, and we saw how that went when he didn't. Well, he performed like a thirty-four-year-old pitcher, and they lost it. Like it, Ron lost it on the radio, and like I could totally see a scenario where that happened. Osmer. Oh, I'm. If, I'm if you're not worried about afraid that, of I'm that. worried. Oh, I'm not. I'm worried about it. Like. I guess I was more worried about like the Shields thing because I thought, well, nobody's going to come here. Major League Baseball players talk, and they don't even have to talk. That's like clearly something that's going to bother people. But 
turns out the Potters are actually the only people spending money, so it doesn't really matter. But <laughs> I do think that, like, for what we know now, like, if they put money, there's going to be an emotional baggage to that, and Ron's going to unload publicly in some capacity. And, you know, we're, <laughs> I, I, I think, like, there's a few people like that where it's like, who's who's Ron gonna go after next? And sadly, yeah. that's my that's that's like how I think about the Padres now. I'm not thinking about I'm thinking about like what happens to the team framed in how this dude is gonna process it. This rich guy who I don't know is going to to feel. That's how I look at the Padres now. <laughs> like, yeah. I just, I wonder, like, who's next, you know? Well, you know, this is all, that's all stuff to worry about, I guess, in a month from now, two months from now. <laughs> but, you know, I will say, bottom line, the team's better with Eric Cosmer. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much better, but, they, you know, they're better. And, and that's all we can ask, I guess, is for the team to be interested in, in improving themselves. Um so, I mean, I think it's been a long, hard process for me, but I think I've I've come to terms with it. I'm ready to accept it. Yeah, I, I'm ready to just be like, you guys, this is your play. This is your team. The talent is it. They, they've, they've gone further. They've gone far enough down in the draft to, like, get who they want, I guess. I, I, would, I would like them to. I think they could have just gone, had one more year of, being really bad and got like somebody I don't know but like they seem to feel pretty good about this 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 farm system and they're ready to like just push forward and I don't know if we're going to self-identify as Padres fans like I guess we just have to accept it right yeah absolutely. I think that's <laughs> part of what that's part of my thinking I think you know yeah you cheer for the uniform I guess I do yeah laundry I mean not the blue and not the blue and white uniforms but but yeah <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> um so uh let's do some quick rapid fire predictions. Okay. Um who is the starting left fielder? Uh I thought about this longer last night before we lost the episode, but uh, I got Will Myers. I got Will Myers. I got Will Myers. Okay. So you've got him flaming out at right field and switching over to left field. Oh, I <laughs> Or choosing, or does he just choose, or or do we never find out the reason? And, and is it beneficial? Is it beneficial for this coaching staff to let him choose because he's the he's the half leader or whatever? He's he's the he's the leader. He's the leader who's taking a step down. I don't know. I mean, he's is he more comfortable in left? I I, I can't read about this stuff anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I I don't know. I've t- I talked to Woe Doctor, who's obviously a Tampa Bay Rays fan, and. He's uncomfortable with Will Myers at any outfield position, so I totally agree with that. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I've seen a few plays in the spring that were a little alarming from him. Like, it's not a big deal because it's spring training, but it's, it's like doesn't charge the ball correctly, misjudges the the angle of it. Like, they're little things. They didn't result in an error. It didn't result in extra bases, but they're things that could be bad later. And they reminded me of Will Myers in center field. So. Don't you think it starts with him in left, Margot in center, and then Renfro in right, and then... I mean, that was my natural inclination from the yeah. start, but, um, you know, they're already... How much is left in spring training? Like, 
two and a half weeks of it left. I mean, yeah. if he decides to play, he's only playing right field pretty much. So they're going to move him to a new position with like one. Uh, yeah, at it. that's true. Yeah. I, so where's Which, Ren- I, I, Ren- I wouldn't put past them, but. So where I does Renfro, what does Renfro do? I, I don't know. <laughs> um, what does Elston call it? It's like the, is it Ren, Rendero or is it a. Corpro, yeah, the, yeah that's, a, that's a popular that's a popular idea is like the Renfro Cordero platoon because of the splits and everything. But I, yeah, I know. I, you know, I was going to try to podcast with Marver this week, and one of the things I was going to talk about is I'm not I'm not ready to I'm not ready to throw the towel in on Hunter Renfro. You know, he he arguably has the most raw power of any player we've had, like more than Kyle. More than guys that tantalized us, like Kyle Blanks or 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 my you know my boopy Jabari Black. Yeah, yeah. Um, like his power is incredible, and so with tools like that, and let's not. I, look, I, I I value war very much so, and I, I understand Renfro was a, a value almost a valueless player last year, but you you kind of you kind of squint and you see a guy that isn't that far from being good, right? If you, I don't know, I don't even know if it's mechanical changes, just uh, practice, you know, a new mindset or whatever. Like, I don't think he's that far away. And even in a terrible season, he hit 30 home runs. Like, he's got, he clearly has skills and has succeeded more at the major league level than than Franchi Cordero has. And so I feel like there's this Franchi mania, and I'm not 100% ready to jump on board quite yet. Oh yeah, Franchi Mania is gonna. I, I'm predicting that's gonna crumble pretty fast. That's that's gotten us through the off season. I think the Franchi I think I'm calling. I, I just don't think that's gonna work. Yeah, and I, I'm very <laughs> prepared for this to totally backfire on me. And for for Craig Meddy, who was featured on the, the Twitter the Twitter uh, wrap up show to. To, to take these quotes when Franchi is hitting 400 and has 90 trillion home runs, but um, I don't know. I'm not. If I were to bet on one of them, I'd bet on Hunter Renfro being okay. Well, I have a. That's not to say that I'm convinced he's going to, but I I, I just think there's a better likelihood he's somewhat useful. I you know what Hunter Hunter Renfro reminds me, and I I might get killed for saying this, but like, do you remember? Um, he reminds me a lot of like. Do you remember Andujar Cedeno? How he had yeah. these, like, he's clearly off-the-charts athlete. You know, he could he his bat speed was pretty insane, and he was a great athlete, but, like, it just never came together. And I, right. <laughs> I think he could be the outfield version of that, where it's just we're f- constantly frustrated with him. I think him and Myers are just not, like, they're not on the level. I, I I just I I'm kind of out on both of them I think, but uh, I'm I don't know. Is that I, a good comparison? Honest, like I just thought of that, but I don't know if that's fair. <laughs> I mean, I remember him on the Padres. I remember he would take giant swings and he had power, but he just never could translate. And right, and if you kind of like, like now, I don't know if this is like Padres it. sacrilege, but but like Ruben Rivera, it was kind of the same. Like incredible. I think that's tools. fair too. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, Ruben Rivera had the whole thing with being interested in larceny right. stuff. But, um, <laughs> like, Cedeno hit, like, a, 
I guess, I don't I think this was a big deal at the time, but like eleven home runs in a year with the Astros, like he's like a guy with a bunch of power. I do remember when he when he first got in that huge trade that kind of ended the fire sale. Like he was part of that, and he he hit a couple balls early that all the sports writers, everybody was like, you know, he hit a ball in against I think it was in L.A., but he. He hit a ball so hard that, like, the shortstop caught it, and everybody's like, that shortstop just stopped a home run because it was, like, going to go straight out, basically. I yeah. I, maybe I'm just – that's, like, just me remembering it that way. But he had, like, like a big swing, and he was a – he had a great – he had great range, but he didn't really know how to play shortstop. That's if I remember it. But it seems kind of like what Hunter Renfro is. Yeah. <laughs> This is something amazing. I didn't realize how bad he was. Yeah. He was, uh, I remember when we had, uh, Alexei Ramirez was on pace to be one of the worst shortstops in, in history, period. Not Padres history, but history. I don't believe that. I remember looking it up and, um, (laughs) I won't believe that. Chris Gomez, Chris Gomez had the worst season in Padres history and like the second or third worst in major league history. And, uh, Anna Arcedeño's right up there with both of them. He had, like, a negative 2.2 war season yeah. his first year with the Padres, and then negative 1.6 the next year in only basically half a season. So he really fell off a cliff. But th- that's <laughs> a fun fact for Anna Arcedeño. I'm glad that we were able to discuss him tonight. Hey, without doing any research, I think that was a pretty good, like, comp. Yeah. But not yeah. really, because they're different positions, <laughs> but... <laughs> um... Who is the starting second baseman? I I, I want to see Aswahe. I want to see him start. I just like I have this. I have this like fantasy of this is old school, just like fantasy. But like and Aswahe just running around the bases, pissing off pitchers, and just always on base. I I don't think that's probably going to happen. I think Margot is definitely more talented, obviously. But like I just like the idea of them being the one and two hitter and just just being on base all the time. I want to see that play out for a while, but is it weird that nobody wants the guy that was literally the best hitter <laughs> on the team last year to play at all or to be on the team at all? I like, yeah, yeah. Perella, is that what <laughs> Yeah, I'm getting, yes, yes. The Pirelliacs are eager. The Pirelliacs, I mean, I, I like Perella because he just kind of, he just hits. And when he's on the field, he hits he'll hit four line drives a night and it's like he's not old no he's no, 28 no. he's the same age as eric hosmer who we all are so happy he's so young like <laughs> I, i'm watching him this spring and i see the same hitter like the same line drives the same approach and he gets on base he's verse somewhat versatile he's not a gold glover but he's he's fine right and people want like players that aren't nearly as good taking his spot like again he was literally the best hitter on the team last year but i think he could take like renfro can he play he can play right right like he can play yeah and like i get it renfro's tantalizing hey the the perilla acts are a lot cooler than the cordoba maniacs or (laughs) the the cordoba maniacs were the war that was a that was a fun six weeks that uh (laughs) Really fell off a cliff quick though for that. Yeah. Um, Our starting shortstop of the future, Alan Corbin. Yeah, but. that that nobody wanted to play at shortstop <laughs> for some reason. Yeah, um, I don't know. Like, 
I like Aswahe. His eyebrows are sexy. He likes to game. Um, yeah, I you know I don't. But he's not that. He wasn't that good. No. Like I had to hear so many Bob Scanlon comments where he's like, "Man, what a tough at bat for for Carlos Aswahe. He just takes a lot of pitches, but the results never really showed up." And that's not to say I want him gone. Like it's good to have a valuable backup guy, right? right. But I don't. I guess I don't understand this desire to put Aswahe or Spangenberg or, you know, guys that have had their shot over a guy that literally was the best hitter on the team. And Marver is, you know, we've gone back and forth, and he's, um, he doesn't believe in him. And I think a lot of people, I, John Gennaro, I heard say, doesn't just doesn't believe in him. But I guess I don't get why you wouldn't, you know, Ryan Schimpf flamed out, right? Right. But they gave him a chance to fail. I don't know why you wouldn't give the best hitter on the team a chance to fail, you know, a month or two. Yeah. Well, if he fails, then fine. You know, that's it. What I like about Perella last year, what I liked about Perella last year is like, it just felt like the team had no stake in him at all. And he just, he just didn't stop hitting until he got hurt. Yeah. But like, and so I, I but really not, appreciate those guys who they just, Nobody cares about that. It was never in, like, a fluky way, either. Like, Ryan Schimpf was always fluky. Like, it just defied all statistical knowledge and approach and baseball approach. And, you know, to the point that Jesse Agler would would just ad nauseum be like, he's the most interesting man in baseball. And, like, (laughs) Perilla's not weird. Like, he just hits line drives all the time and gets on base. Yeah. Like, it's like fundamental baseball and everyone's ready to just flush him down the toilet. And I guess I, I don't, I, I don't get that. What I find but. crazy is that like, he's not, he doesn't have the spot that Cordero has with like, you know, I get hips, hipster Padres blog. Like it's, it's cool to like Franchi and I get that, but like Perella should have that spot more. Does that make sense? Yeah, <laughs> like, that's been like like Franchi was not Franchi like, was not special last year. Okay, like he just wasn't, and I I watched a lot of him and like, well, he was kind of like Cordova, where he came up and had a really great first two weeks or whatever, and then and then just was god awful the rest of the the rest of his time in the majors. Yeah, and Perella was like, are we could we flip this guy for something? Because like a contender could use him, you know. I mean, that's probably the. That's probably the value that we'll get from him, but... Yeah, and, like, I sound like a psycho on Twitter sometimes, just, like, opposing all of these, except for some reason, accepted lies about him, where they're like, he's so old, like, he's not a part of the future Padres team, like, immediately followed by a a super pro Hosmer team. Like, I I don't get it, he's not a fossil, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I guess I guess we'll see. We'll see if you're right, a Swahe or a, I just want to see. You know, like Perella, I, know, I know we're going for the playoffs this year. We're going for five. We're going after 500 this year. Okay, nobody yeah. nobody's stopping us. But like, it should still be an experimental season where we give. I want to see just a Swahe have like 50 games where he's like, or whatever. I don't know if that many, but like, just I want him to like know. The, the starting second baseman for a month and just see how he reacts to that and like see how that goes. I mean, I, I just think it's it's fair. I, I, I just, yeah. I'm curious, I guess. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not opposed to it either. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah I'm, I'm with you though. Like, it's a workshopping year. It would be you know? enjoyable to watch 
him prove people wrong in the same way that Perella, you know, excited people out of nowhere seemingly. But yeah. Um, so speaking of that, Ron Fowler obviously uh, has basically promised 500 to fans. How many wins do you believe they'll have? <laughs> I, I think I. So we recorded last night. I think I said 76, <laughs> which is like the yeah. It, it's like the wimpiest prediction to make. That 76 is like the safest, but it just feels it just feels like that's where we're headed, and we're that's. I mean, seventy-eight would be it would probably probably be thrilling, but <laughs> I think it's going to be mid seventies, basically. Yeah, I mean, Marv and I usually do this the last last podcast before the season starts, but I'm going same as last year. What was it last and year? It was like seventy-four. I think it was seventy-two. Yeah, I think, but like everything went right, you know, like they outplayed their their. Yeah, so their so I'll go with seventy-six. That's like. A tick better, I guess, but not really. You think Ron gets pissed at that? If if they win seventy six after signing Hosmer and all this talk of leadership trickling down and all of the pitchers being better with Freddie Galvis at shortstop and and they wind up at seventy six wins, do you think Ron Fowler just is totally pissed about that? I could see it, especially like if I mean, so that would be six years. Of losing seasons. I mean, at a certain point, like you can you can tank or not tank or hide the fact that you're tanking. But I mean, they they are losers, essentially. <laughs> like, yeah, by yeah. definition, they are losers, and I think it bothers him. And I get it because it's true. But like, I, I I yeah, I could see it, especially if like if if Hosmer. I mean, if if Hosmer comes out and just has a bad first two months. And I hope I hope Ben Higgins is ready for that morning hit because I want I'm gonna be listening and uh, <laughs> I it, hope Ben Higgins knows how to push his buttons because I know I think there is a I think there is a direct relationship by how far this organization goes with players and how Ron reacts I feel like it's fair to believe that and and anticipate that because it's. This is this will be more than James Shields, like they are deeper with him than they were with James Shields, and if stuff doesn't work out, I have the right to believe that they're going to be upset about it and do it publicly. So I, <laughs> yeah, I think that's where it's. I could see that happening. I, I could see, yeah, if it ends up being like, I, I don't know, I don't know, like has have they said publicly like what they think the expectations are like is it is it 500 or there's going to be heads that roll or i don't know if they've really gotten into it i mean uncle ron says 500 i don't think anyone else has dared to make a prediction like that Um, i mean that's a dangerous prediction to make i guess yeah yeah because if they do go 500 like they're still what third place in the west yeah, and like it's especially dangerous when the run differential says they were a fifty-nine win team last year. Like that's yeah, yeah. It's it's just so it's a weird team. It's hard to predict them, and I I'm not even like I wouldn't be surprised if they were five hundred this year. But I'm not going to expect it. But there are things that could happen that I can foresee leading to that. Like Will Myers having the career year we've been waiting for. You know, Hosmer repeating. 
Like, these are things that will get them to that point. They just, the the aggregate of things that need to happen are, are pretty unlikely yeah. to get there. But but they could happen. And so it's really, it's just a hard team to watch. And But I'm, fa- I'm, with, I'm with you. I'm with you. My, I'm, I'm excited, but. I'm fascinated with, because it, it does feel real that, like, 79 wins is not acceptable for the brass and like 72 you know what i mean like they he'll be happy with 82 wins but not 78 wins or some something crazy like that we're we're ended up like we're not in the playoffs and we're picking 15th or whatever and and it's you know we have to navigate his feelings you know <laughs> well as Padres fans we've all learned that there are some things we need to navigate which is Ron Fowler's feelings uh ensuring the team is profitable <laughs> you know yes like there's all these things that we shouldn't have to deal with that that we've all grown up dealing with yeah yeah I just hope I I, I what bothers me the most is, is like they the group doesn't really understand the connection they have with that history and it's it's really jarring to me. Like you can buy this team and you you have no connection to what's happened here before you, so you can basically be the same shit and that's fine with yeah, I just like that that's what really frustrates me. It's like this this owner this this franchise has had so much turnover with ownerships that we as fans we're not really supposed to like collectively put it all on them even though they're buying into that property like they're not they're buying that baggage when they buy the team and they're not taking responsibility for that and that's what infuriates me the most i (laughs) yeah so well uh my last prediction when will ron fowler first throw a player under the bus this season oh i think it well i think it's going to be hunter and i think it's going to be before first I think I said that last night. That's what I feel. <laughs> yeah, you're, you are sticking to I it. It's going to be Hunt. I think it's Hunter, and I think it's going to be before, like, July, mid-July, July 1st. I think it's going to be around there. Like, if he starts off. How do you, how do you think he'll do it? Is he going to Is he going to say he's not trying hard enough? An effort? an effort thing maybe it's a gradual thing like if it's if it's a bad first two months he'll pepper you know his radio appearances and then like maybe he just goes off i don't know or maybe 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 it's a maybe he does it behind the paywall with the athletic i don't know (laughs) (laughs) give it to dustin give it to dustin in his newsletter that's what i (laughs) yeah absolutely everybody should subscribe to that so well um you guys had a guest on what your podcast uh just you i think it was john ozillay yeah the, uh this uh, very popular anti-chargers podcast with justin halpern yeah um, check that out it's called fuck the chargers they did a they did a for every and john has been writing he did recaps for our, the ketfaith.com so he's a local he's from point loma and their show is amazing i i I love listening to it every week. It's great. Yeah. So. And, yeah, I was going to say, he's a c- contributor as part of the Kept Faith's recent massive expansion and acquisition of most of the uh, distressed assets from Padres Public. Hey, man, we're not, you know, we love Padres Public. We just, we just want, we want people's writing to get out there and, you know, 
they weren't doing it exactly. So <laughs> I like how Sackbunt Chris is like, you know, I'm gonna stay on. This I do. <laughs> I invited him. I told him like, hey, if you want to, if you want to post with us, like it's totally. I don't, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's cool. But I mean, he's great, and I love, I love that he's, I love that Padres public is staying around. I, I don't know like what the future is. As long as people are putting stuff out and we can all promote it, who cares, really? Yeah, yeah, it's all so, content. More content, yeah. better. That's what we've always said. Life is content, a well, millennial told me. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I brought up Jono because, uh, in my opinion, the my favorite part of his, his Chargers podcast is, uh, he didn't do it every week, but he had um, X-Fan erotic fiction. Nice. Each week. Usually <laughs> yeah. involving Dean Spano. Sometimes I think Roger Goodell was in it, uh, Mark Davis. Stan Kroenke, they were great. They were great. So uh, I thought uh, I thought we'd debut a new bit on the uh, Gwintelligence podcast, which is uh, Padres Twitter erotic fan fiction. Good. Are you excited for that, Nick? Is that I am. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll read this now. Um, I hope everyone. Is... Your new Twitter handle. Sh- your new Twitter handle should be Padres Erotica. That's a good idea. But actually. like, could I you thought of that one? Can you not use the po- pods erotica? I'm just gonna deal with it. It'll be Padres erotica. Just have an image of you looking through some blinds, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, yeah, that would be great. You know, just sitting in a in a hot bath with a glass of wine and flipping yeah. through your Twitter <laughs> Twitter feed. It's very erotic. Well, speaking of erotic, let's let, let's get to cool. it. Uh, Padres chief marketing officer Dwayne Martelli finished his game of Candy Crush and realized he was late for his weekly staff meeting. He flushed and hurried downstairs to the sales floor. He walked into the secondary conference room allotted to him and his team, adorned with a large painting of Bud Selig overlooking the conference table. As Dwayne was wont to do before each meeting, he gave the painting nux. Muttering under his breath, what would Bud do? His regular mantra. He concluded his overly long and poorly planned meeting discussing strategies to suppress and redirect fan sentiment regarding brown uniforms by curtly stating, And with our new secret weapon, Kevin Acey, we'll be able to drop hints of a massive research project without ever actually doing anything. It's brilliant. His underpaid and overworked staff politely clapped. Dwayne concluded the meeting as he always did, offering his regular joke of, and as always, the generous bounty of $150 is still on the table for anyone that can drive our arch nemesis, Padres Jagoff, off of Twitter. A young lady working in the content department meekly raised her hand. Sir? Sir? Dwayne pointed to her and said, yes, what is it, Lauren? She bit her lip, not wanting to correct the all-powerful C-level executive, silently seething as her name was actually Lydia. Sir, the 2018 Silencing Fan Descent Conference you sent me to in Omaha, it finally paid dividends. I utilized a new cutting-edge strategy of getting rid of troublemakers. I accused Padres Jagoff of impersonating our brand. It was too easy to confuse our normal content with his MS Paint veiny dongs and fountains of pixel jizz. Or at least that's what I told Twitter. The room erupted in applause. Padres Jagoff will not be a problem anymore, she concluded. Dwayne began to cackle. Finally, the thorn had been removed from his side. For the rest of the day, Dwayne had a smile affixed to his face. 
As he arrived home late, he poured himself a generous tumbler of butterscotch schnapps, sat down on his engineered leather recliner and turned on Two and a Half Men on his 42-inch plasma television, still beaming. What a day. He turned and looked at the printout from Twitter showing that Padres Jagoff was permanently suspended, sitting on his credenza. The feeling of power and victory was too much to overcome, and with a laugh track blaring in the background, as Charlie explained to Alan why Candy was coming out of his room in only her underwear, he began to manually stimulate himself to celebrate this successful day. As the thought of su suppressing Padres Jagoff's sub subversive opinions to his 1,950 followers crossed his mind, he became immensely aroused as he realized just how monumental a day this was in Padres history and almost immediately arrived at a sticky completion. As he began his masturbatory refractory period, Dwayne couldn't help himself as he began to maniacally guffaw. As the laughter died down, he smirked, wiped the sweat from his brow, and said to himself, Now that's a real Padres jagoff. And scene. Was that erotic? That was mood music. Was Thank that erotic or what? That was erotic. Are you... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Padres Erotica. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Padres Erotica. Good night. <laughs> that was great. That was amazing. Yeah, so I wrote that in like seven minutes. Uh, hopefully, it was, uh, hopefully, hopefully the fans enjoy that one. No, yeah. I, I, think, uh, <laughs> I think you should keep doing that. All, you know, I am seriously considering switching to Padres Erotica. That's a good idea. It's a great. It's a idea. good voice for you. I, I really. Uh, <laughs> you should. Have you written fiction before? Or? No, no, no man. It's, it. Dude, you, I mean, you nailed. I think that's that's probably what happened. So. <laughs> I kind of think that is what happened. Actually, I did think of that idea. Uh, like, like they were sitting around a conference room and they joked about it before, and someone was like. I can't believe it worked, but it worked. We yeah. did it. And just like everyone erupts in, in applause. I, well, you can't let them win. You know, I think that's, that's important. Yeah. And you know, the best weapon, as I've always said, is, is erotic fiction. Yeah. That, that old paper, paperback reading on the beach, thinking about a better life. I guess. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'll have to move beyond probably masturbating um, if I really want it to, to be maximally erotic. But you know, we'll we'll workshop some ideas. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, that was a you know so that was music from uh, for the... Phantom Thread that I played. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I've been putting off. I've really been putting off listening to that or watching. watching uh, it's that movie. it's the best movie of the year. I thought, but okay, thought, that's right. what I thought, but. <laughs> You're not being sarcastic. It really is. I, I think I, so. I yeah, it. I think it was. I mean, Get Out, that, those are like the two. But and Dunkirk, Dunkirk is the shit. But anyway, Dunkirk doesn't get enough recognition. Dunkirk, I thought was gonna win everything, and it it probably should have. I don't know. Yeah, I love Dunkirk. Yeah. Well, so for our listeners um, <laughs> that are still sorry to keep you so long, Nick. No, that's but, good. Uh, for the listeners, because we screwed up last night, they're getting 37 minutes of bonus, uh, bonus content. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think the, I think you should close. I don't care what Marver thinks, but like, 
just close every episode with Padres Erotica. People yeah, will just immediately make, after, go and make them wait for it. That's the that's what's important. <laughs> that's a good idea. Yeah, I we'll see how the we'll see how the fan feedback is after this. Yeah, it's probably well. Trust uh, me, if you're, if you're if you're blending your content with uh, the does, they're only they're <laughs> they're only going to talk about the does. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I know the the does is really going to be the highlight of this of this episode. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be the highlight of my life, probably. But (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I I think the Doze is going to shine bright for real bright for a while, and then I think uh, I think people are going to crave some some down home pottery. I think so too. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, Nick, thanks for coming on. Sorry to keep you so. Oh no, it was great. Uh, Yeah, we're you know I it beat whenever you get around. You know, we didn't even I didn't even get into. we both watched the Billy Bob Thornton Bad News Bears <laughs> movie last week. Uh, I was ready to discuss it on the podcast, and maybe sometime. Yeah, in the we should do we it. We really should. We should it, have but... like a uh, a Quintelligence film discussion series. Yeah, Cause, cause um, people don't respond when we do it, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you felt this way. I know you love the director more than anyone. Uh, I'm with you on most of your opinions on him. I think everyone, everybody wants some. Yeah, is a masterpiece. But uh, you know, Bad News Bears didn't um, didn't age as well as I thought it would. Because I remember loving yeah, it. Billy Bob. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's a weird period for him because it's like right after School of Rock, and he, you know, I think he was like doing the 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 studio system thing and. That was <laughs> yeah, and it's like, hey, here's Billy Bob. It's after Bad Santa, and it's like, hey, let's take Bad Santa, but convert him into PG to PG thirteen. Yeah, drunk, angry. So I don't know. We'll get into detail. Yeah, on you, me, future, and but. Jeff Young should have a. Everybody wants some. Um, we watch it and then talk about it because I've already done two pods. Oh, I've already done that. two pods with Jeff talking about it, <laughs> and we need to complete the trilogy. And I want you to be there, so we should. We should yeah, do it. well. It's the best baseball. It's movie. the only baseball movie, actually. <laughs> That's how I feel. I might actually watch it today. I don't know. That's kind of. That's a good idea, actually. My my wife's already asleep, so I. Need to get as well. <laughs> hey man, fire up Skype. Let's talk about it in two hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, thanks again for coming on. Yeah, man. Thanks uh, for having me. And, and uh, you know, you're always welcome on our podcast. Whatever, whatever you call yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'll figure okay. it out. We'll figure it out. All right. Cool, man. Uh, well, for another edition of the Gwintelligence Podcast, go Padres.